Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm Jonathan Strickland, and I have a special guest here today. Special because it's always special when he joins the show. Ben Bolin, welcome back to Tech Stuff. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for having me on, Jonathan. I have uh, two things, though. One is... Is it still special, even though I've been on the show a couple of times now? It's always going to be special. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I think that makes my day, man. That's there you go. Kind of... Second thing, yeah. Uh, just full disclosure, this is, uh, for the listeners, this is a little bit unusual uh, yeah. for me, definitely, mm-hmm. and, and maybe for you as well. But I think it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, and what he means by that is, and I tweeted about this before coming into the studio, uh, this is an episode in which I have specifically requested my co-host do absolutely no research on the topic whatsoever. I got no idea what's going on. Yeah, you only know what the topic is, and that topic right. is expensive consumer technology because, you know, we're, we're ramping up to the holiday season, mm-hmm. 2015, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously, you know, you have to start looking at the people in your life and what sort of gifts you need to give them. Or merit-based. Exactly, know. and I thought, well, what if what if one... Uh, you and I were making the crazy kind of money that PewDiePie is making on YouTube. Because right. as we record this, the day we record this is also the day that Forbes released what the top YouTube performers are earning or what they guess they are earning. Oh. It's, it, it made me question all of my decisions in life up to this point. But we are not making that money. But if we were making that money uh-huh. – and if there were spectacularly awesome people in our lives, mm-hmm. maybe these are the sort of things we might look at in order to say, you mean something to me, Mr. <laughs> Mrs. Miss whatever. Sure. Yeah. So uh, but I didn't want Ben to, to know about any of these because I want to get his actual reaction. Plus, I'm going to quiz him a couple of times. Not really quiz. I'm just going to get an idea, see if he, he can guess what some of these things are based okay. upon the names. Now, some of them are evident by the name. Okay. So uh, not all of them will be a guesswork, but I may have you guess occasionally what it might be. And then maybe I'll even ask you ballpark figure how much you think it might, might be. <laughs> let's, uh, let's do it. I love it. Uh, listeners, just so you guys know, uh, one of the reasons that I'm the best slash worst sidekick for Jonathan in this type of episode is because I am a notorious cheapskate. <laughs> I am personally offended. Car stuff listeners probably know this, but I am, I am personally offended if I think something is too expensive. Now, uh, also in the interest of full disclosure, I was not aware of that when I asked Ben to do this, <laughs> but it does make me very happy because it means that even if everything else goes wrong, your reactions are going to save this episode. So I'm already upset. Here we go. Here I decided to go with uh, with a real doozy first, and it's one you may have actually talked about hmm. on a different show. Okay. So that gives you a hint already. Can you guess what the element Palazzo Superior is? Element Palazzo Superior. I'm thinking it's a car. Very close. What is it? It is an RV. Oh, well, come on. Also, no. Well, it was just a guess. Yeah. I mean, like, like one of those things, like it might have been something that you and Scott have covered for car stuff. In this fact, is familiar, though. I uh, should ask Scott if he's heard of it when, because uh, I'm actually 
peek behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. After I do this episode with you, right. I'm recording another episode after this, right. and Scott's going to be my guest host. And, on that and we're, we're starting this episode late because Scott and I were in the studio earlier. Yeah, so it's just a it's just a Jonathan Scott and Ben like smorgasbord. The here. three amigos. Well, Noel's here too, and, and listeners, true. you're here, so that would make I guess it's the million something amigos now. Right. So the Element Palazzo Superior mm-hmm. is an RV. It is known as the most luxurious mobile home in the world. It is also sometimes referred to as a mansion on wheels. Now, I'm not going to make you guess how much this is because it would you would just be unfair. This monstrosity. Well, let me let me explain what what it is first okay. before I give you the sure. what what the cost is. So, the they the driver's uh, compartment, known as the cockpit, uh-huh. actually referred to as the cockpit, was inspired by the design of jets. It has a panoramic windshield. It has an adjustable tent on that windshield, T I N T, like you mm-hmm. can go to two different stages of darkness on it with Great. a flip of a switch. Uh, the whole thing is made out of carbon fiber. So that means it's incredibly strong and incredibly light. And by incredibly light, I mean it's a mere 28 tons. Uh, it has what? 732 square feet of living space, which is 68 square meters. Is it, is it, okay, is it street legal? Yes. Uh, also, it's one of those things that it, it expands outward. Oh, I see. So I see. like, you know, when you stop wherever you, you're going to stop, mm. then you hit it. And so in fact, when you put it into camper mode, it nearly doubles its width. The normal width is 8.4 feet or 2.55 meters. When you expand it, it goes to 16.4 feet. So almost twice as much. And that's five meters of width. It has a rooftop deck. It has radiant floor heating. It's got refrigerators, a wine cabinet, a coffee machine, a sink, a freezer, an ice maker, a stovetop, a master bedroom with king-sized bed, a dressing table, closets, and more. It has a 16 square foot or one and a half square meter rain shower with light therapy features built into the shower stall. Light therapy? Light therapy. So you get that nice blue mist going. (laughs) It has two 42-inch televisions. It has onboard Wi-Fi, satellite TV, a custom audio system, ambient light control, and more. And you, Ben Bolin, can be the proud owner of an Element Palazzo Superior for the low, low price of $3.1 million. For an, okay. Wait. For an RV. For an RV. Yes. Okay. So is the Wi-Fi service included in that? <laughs> Do you get an ISP for the $3.1 million? Wow. $3.1 million. Yeah. All right. Think about some of the homes in Atlanta that are in the the one to two million dollar right. range. We're talking some pretty big houses along some very uh, uh, choice real estate, sure. like along Ponce sure. de Leon Avenue, for example, or along mm-hmm. you know along the Chattahoochee. You're going to find some mansions there that are going to start creeping in around this three point one million, maybe even some that top out over three point one million. Sure, but that's a full mansion, right? Right. Yeah. This is a 732 square foot RV. I, you know, I gotta tell you, I, I live in a pretty small place. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I also don't pay three million for it, but it also <laughs> doesn't roll. Right. <laughs> That's true. I mean, with this, you could, you, your home could be wherever you park. Now it's interesting because I recently had a, uh, 
a pretty frank discussion with a car stuff listener when I was talking about how, as a kid, it was always my dream to have an RV, mm-hmm. right? And I thought I had this view that I would just live in this thing, drive everywhere, and be cool. Yeah, and, and, and food would magically appear in the right, cupboard. Right, right. Yeah. The gas would never be empty. But what I've learned from people who are in the RV cultures is a lot more of just driving to a destination and camping. Yeah. Because people who like to drive don't really like to drive RVs. No, they are monstrosities on the road. I, I imagine it has to be incredibly stressful because – I mean, you have. To, I assume you have to have a bus driver's license to even operate one. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, just just think about what it's like navigating through traffic with a regular sized vehicle. It's got to be a nightmare with something that large. Three million. So, so Jonathan, would you ever? <laughs> if okay, so let's say you're on tour. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's let's say tour. that let's say I am somehow filthy rich. Would you be? Would you take one of these? behemoths as or would you just go with a charter bus I, i'd go with the charter bus dude I, I first of all you know me i'm not a driver at all so right. so the idea of this the 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 appeal of this is lost on me um but i would prefer to travel someplace and stay at a hotel than to go camp i'm not a camper either you i would don't have a driver i would have a driver at this point if you can afford yeah. this thing you would if have i'd reached that level of ridiculous uh <laughs> luxury i would have a driver yeah i would or or i would have a a driverless car one of the two hey those would be one of those things yeah. I would have. and I, I just i want to be completely honest with you mm. i appreciate it uh but don't don't get me this. Okay. All right. I will mark it off the list. Uh, well, here. How about how about I hit you with this one? All right. Let's see if you can guess what this is based upon the name. Now, this is a little different from some of the others. A lot of the other ones I'm talking about are relatively new, but this is actually an old thing that has been sold more than once. So that'll give you a little hint. It's not going to be like a computer or anything like that. Okay. The Patek Philippe Henry Graves Super Complication. Ah, yes, one of the most legendary, legendarily sophisticated uh, watches. Very good, history. Ben yeah. Bolin. Oh, yes, thank you, as absolutely correct. It was. Uh, it's a pocket watch, and it was designed by the Swiss company uh, Patek Philippe in 1933 uh, for Henry Graves Jr., who was a banker at the mm-hmm. time. And Henry Graves Jr. was in a, a bit of a, a competition. With another gentleman whom you've also, I'm sure, talked about on Car Stuff, uh, James Ward Packard. Oh, yeah. Is it? Wait, is this a competition to have the 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 most most complicated watch? Yes. (laughs) They were constantly trying to one up one another with their various luxury accoutrements Mm -hmm. and watches were one of the ways they were kind of showing off. And so Henry Graves commissioned Patek Philippe, the Swiss watchmaker company, to build the world's most complicated watch at that time. It took three years to design and five years to make it. Now, keep in mind, this is before computer-assisted design. This is all human design, right? Wow, yeah. It's made of 18-karat gold, and it's considered to be the most complex pocket watch that was made without computer assistance ever. Okay. And it has 24 different functions uh, and here are some of the functions that are included. Uh, it keeps time. Oh, okay. That's, 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 that's number one. Uh, it gives you the time of sunset and sunrise each day. And it's mechanical. This it's is all mechanical. mechanical. This is all mechanical. Wow. Yeah, this is pre-digital, 1933. Right. It has a perpetual calendar on it. So it has the uh, the mechanics in it to keep accurate what day it is. 
Uh, it has days of the month, days of the week. It has a stars chart. It has phases of the moon. Wow. Charted on it. It has a stopwatch. It has a 30 minute recorder, meaning it'll go off after 30 minutes and a 12 hour recorder as well. It has chimes and the original price tag oh, when it was sold. Okay. okay. This is just the original price tag. All right. Okay. For Henry Graves was $15,000. Now we have to inju- adjust that for right. inflation. Yeah. So in today's money, that'd be about $202,000. Wow. That, my friend, wow. would be a bargain based upon what people have actually paid for this thing since then. Ah, uh, in auctions. Yes. Huh? So Sotheby's got it in auction and they sold it twice, in fact. The first time they sold it was in July 2010 when Sheikh Saud bin Mohammed bin Ali al-Tani of the Qatari royal family purchased it for a cool $11 million. First off, great pronunciation. Thank you. Secondly, I am profoundly offended. <laughs> well, a watch. He did have to return it because it's a work of art, he, he had, he incurred so much debt that he was, he was forced to return it to Sotheby's. Oh. Yeah. So then Sotheby's sold it again in 2014 mm-hmm. for $24 million. Sotheby's, are they, are they going to work with us? It sounds like this is a great racket. I yeah. Mean business. Yeah. So $24 million. Now it is a one of a kind. Yeah. It is unique. the world's most complicated watch, pocket watch that was made, you mm-hmm. know, by human alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some elements to it that you realize, all right, well, this is not just because, you know, this isn't just a, a brand or, right. or yeah. just one of many of this thing. This is a one of a kind thing. Mm-hmm. And, but a lot of people have said clearly the value of this now is in the perception of that thing, of the owning this makes me special. It makes me part of the story. Right. Uh, okay. that the fact that I have the money to spend on something like this, it's like a status thing. Yeah. That um, makes sense. Certainly far beyond its intrinsic value, which is hard to, First of all, whenever we talk about value, it gets all kind of wibbly wobbly anyway, right? For sure, yes. Because it's just whatever we put in stake, like what we think of, like what would I be willing to pay for this thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the more down that rabbit hole you get, the more you realize everything is a lie. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it escalated quickly. So here's a here's another one. Let's see if okay. you can guess what this is because okay. you've done really well. You you got the super complication, which. Blew my mind that you knew that. So how about the Vertu Pure Jet Red Gold? Vertu? Pure Jet Red Gold. Now, ah, I know what this is. Jet Red Gold would tell you some of the features of this thing. So what is it? Is it a mobile phone? Oh, my gosh. Ben Boland, two for two so far. <laughs> yes. The Vertu Pure Jet Red Gold is a smartphone. Can you guess how? All right, it's not in the million dollars range. I'm going to knock that out. But can you guess how much money this this phone might cost? Now, this is not a one of a kind phone either. Okay. This is a phone that if you had the money, you could buy it, and then if someone else had the money, they could buy it too. Well, I remember I remember hearing about this one, and again, again, Scout Honor, I did not do any uh, research. And to be fair, they make a line of luxury phones, so you may have heard about one of them. This was the most expensive one I could find oh, okay. right now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say because all I all I know is um, that they look kind of ugly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, just yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm, I want to be you. honest. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, but uh, there, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm so bad at this. You know, watching prices right used to. Just it's tough. Send me into anxiety attacks. It's is tough. it? Is it? 
$200,000? No, no. Nowhere near that crazy. Oh. All right. Go good. down by, go down by an order of magnitude. Is it $20,000? 19. Oh, so yeah, very close. But still, I'm you know just for a second that's yeah. that psychology of comparative pricing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's great. Let's get some. <laughs> oh, nineteen thousand is a steal, man. <laughs> Let's order them for the office. We should all have office <laughs> Vertu pure, pure Jet Red Gold phones. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Now there have been obviously some ridiculous like one off electronics devices where people have just like Swarovski crystals oh, and, and right. diamonds and yeah. stuff. But this is this is one where you can actually like this is a line of phones. Like if you wanted to go and get an iPhone, you get an iPhone. If you wanted to drop nineteen thousand dollars in a Vertu Pure Jet Red Gold, you could. So I know you're all crying out, what makes this phone right. so special, right? Yeah. Okay, it's an Android phone, so obviously it's already worth way more than an iPhone. <laughs> right. uh, although it is running Lollipop and not Marshmallow, uh, at least right now. It is made of titanium, and oh. it has red gold detailing, as in actual red gold oh, on it. okay. The power button is red gold. The volume controls are red gold. Weird. Yeah, like the buttons themselves are made of gold. Um, it also has black ceramic as part one of the materials and a sapphire crystal screen and quilted jet calf leather on the back and sides of the phone. So when you say pure jet red gold, the red gold obviously for the... The, yeah. the, the accents and then the jet being the calf leather. Wow. Okay. Uh, that leather, by the way, is handcrafted and quote, sourced from the European Alps, end quote. Sourced from the European Alps. Yeah, that's why it's so expensive. You gotta send people all the way to the European Alps to get the leather. Oh man. Okay, wait. Do you think that's worth it? Well, I mean, clearly the cows in the European Alps are living a much better life than cows <laughs> anywhere else, right? Right. The so if you're going to get cow. leather, you definitely want to get them for the – no, I don't think it's worth it. What would you um, do if you if you had the phone? I'd probably totally freak out and try and say like everyone needs to get like every mattress that's in a five-mile radius <laughs> and place it around me so that if I do drop this, it's not going to shatter and I'm not going to be out 20K. Uh so here's some other stuff it includes. Okay. Uh, each handset is actually handmade. So while mm. you could buy one and I could buy one, assuming we came across $19,000, uh, they might not be identical because they are handmade. And this way, it's very similar to luxury items like a Bentley. Sure. Right. Yeah. You know, that's one of the, the attractions of these luxury cars is that they're made by hand. So they're not identical one to the next. Um, the ringtones, this is going to make you roll your eyes. The ringtones were composed and performed by the London Symphony Orchestra. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But seriously, is the is the LSO that hard up? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, like between doing stuff for John Williams and ringtones for the Vertu Pure Jet Red Gold, whatever thing. How do you get? How do you compose a ringtone? How do you? I don't it? know. How long is it? I have it's, so it's, many questions. It's probably just the same ringtones that you hear on every other phone, just done by a full orchestra. Oh wow! You know, do 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 do. You've seen Thirty Rock, of course, right? Yes. That seems like a, a, a Tracy Jordan yeah, idea would, of success. I got the London Symphony Orchestra to play my <laughs> ringtone. 
Liz oh, Lemon. That's real. Yeah. So uh, beyond that, it also comes with an 18-month subscription to a concierge service, which provides 24-hour assistance and gets you things like recommendations for things you should do while you're mm-hmm. in a, a city, as well as priority booking for different events, including sporting events, concerts, shows. This I had heard about because apparently it's far beyond what you would typically think of as, you know, a hotel concierge right. or something. As in, they'll also get you into, they'll shut down some luxury yes. stores. For oh you. yeah, yeah, no, true? yeah. You can get completely like personalized exclusivity to different events as well, and. Also, it puts you into a list, essentially, of folks who get invited to exclusive events. So you might end up like if you're if you're the kind of person who drops this sort of cheddar on a Mm -hmm. uh, on a phone, you might end up finding yourself on the invite list to some pretty fancy soirees. So then if you're networking, okay, here I'm going to I might not do this for everyone. Mm -hmm. I probably won't. It's maybe the only time I do this mm-hmm. to justify the price. If you have a uh, career that requires networking, right? Sure. With uh, the the in the rarefied air of yeah. the upper spheres of let's, society. Let's say you want to, you know, you want to to charm some high level executives or mm-hmm. producers of mm-hmm. film or television or mm-hmm. anything along those lines. Sure. Yeah. Then then this would be a fairly reasonable investment if it gets you in the room. Yeah. It's an ugly phone, but it'll it'll get you it'll get you in there. Um, yeah. It's also <laughs> it's also the tech specs of the phone. Put it behind other more common smartphones on the market. Uh, it's not. It's not like top of the line performance. It's what? not. It's not. It's not flagging way behind. Yeah. But it's nowhere close to like if you went out and bought a brand new smartphone in the regular like four hundred to six hundred dollar range. Okay, it's so like a Samsung Galaxy six. Yeah, something like that. Then or the latest Nexus phone, anything okay. like that. Yeah. Because uh, we're talking Android, you know it. That would actually outperform this phone. However, it doesn't come with that concierge service. Oh, yeah. So, um, and also, you gotta keep in mind that that phone is totes common. Whereas the mm-hmm. Vertu phone yep. is a thing of luxury. That's- so, good so far. Let's try this one. Now, this one's got a, a hint in the name. Okay. I love how your your eyes go up every time we get to a new one. <laughs> I don't like, know. If Ben's I'm like, do it's it. like this is just gonna. There's gonna be a point where this show just makes a turn for the worst. <laughs> I'm gonna no guess, turning back. I'm gonna guess wrong. Yeah. No, this one's pretty easy because okay. just think of the first word. Okay. Acapella Spheron Excalibur. Acapella. Yep. Acapella, Spheron, Excalibur. What what kind of tech would that be? Uh, um, a, a microphone, a speaker. Speaker. It's a speaker. Yeah, actually, a set of speakers. Uh, they're made by hand. Oh, good. Okay, they are seven feet tall and weigh one thousand three hundred sixty-four pounds a piece, and they cost four hundred fifty-five thousand dollars. Four hundred fifty-five thousand. <laughs> are these the ones that look like seashells? Uh, if you were to strip away the outsides, yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why do they cost so much? Because they supposedly have such amazing fidelity that it feels, and this is from the manufacturer, okay. as if you're being caressed by the sound. Uh, that's or, creepy. Or if you, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> or if you turn it up, that it could knock you over with the intensity of the sound. Um, yeah, here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. And, and this goes way back in tech stuff lore. Uh, Chris Paulette and I did an episode ages and ages ago about 
the the myths of audio fidelity. Mm-hmm. And largely we were talking about cables in that sense. Right. H, uh, monster cables would right. be a big example. Exactly, yeah. The, the, do those high-priced cables, are they actually worth it? Do they have a greater performance? And the answer is not really detectable by human ears. Like you might right. be able to hook up some very super sensitive sensors and quantifiably say, yes, I'm getting better performance. But it's not perceptible. Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing with these speakers, really. Uh, not these speakers in particular, but speakers in general, is that once you get to a certain level of performance, it really is impossible for a person to tell. Like if you did a double-blinded test mm-hmm. where you put a person in a room, the person administering the test doesn't know which set of speakers are in that room. The person taking the test has no idea which set of speakers are in that room. And if you were to repeat that over and over, you would likely see that people would not be able to tell the difference beyond a certain level. Now, that's not to say that there are there aren't bad speakers. Sure. There are, Clearly, and there are yeah. good speakers, but... Yeah. But it plateaus at a point, like I at see. least as far as human experience goes. There's a diminishing return. Exactly. So, okay, in that case then, and not to – I'm just being honest here again. Yeah. And sometimes that will make me sound like a rude person. But are you telling me people are paying almost $500,000 for something they literally are incapable of appreciating? It's quite possible and not unheard of. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, especially when it comes to speakers and sound systems. Oh. I would I see I think some people pride themselves on the concept of being an audiophile. Sure. That they appreciate sound and somehow they appreciate it more than most people do. Mm-hmm. Perhaps even the vast majority of people. Right. Um and as part of that they want to cater to that that self-image. You know, this idea of sound, I, I love the effect of sound. And I totally get this. I mean, I love music, right? Right. And I, I definitely understand people who said uh, they preferred uh, older means of, of listening to music to MP3s because for a long time, first of all, MP3 is a lossy format. I mean, sure, you're, sure. you're losing some information whenever you make that type of file. But those... Those conversions have gotten better and better, plus there are other lossless formats out mm-hmm. there where digital is no longer, I think, a, a meaningful distinction from analog. So I see what you're saying. Uh, so I would go that far as to say if you if you do things correctly, you should not be able to tell the difference. And there's um, also a psychological aspect, though, too. People, yeah. It's, it's like uh, some people will make tea or coffee a certain way. Right. And just because that is, there's something comforting about that, they feel that it is the superior method. I, I would argue very much that that things like listening to vinyl records has a bit of the ritual involved in it, uh, right? I see, yeah. And that ritualistic uh, experience provides that sense of comfort and familiarity. So if and and I do that. I mean, I've got a collection of vinyl at home. I'm I'm talking about this like as someone who. I, I appreciate that experience, and that's part of it, right? Okay. It's not yeah. just the the sound. It's not even not even necessarily related to whatever the record is. Mm-hmm. It's the experience of putting that all together, and I think there is a value to that. And obviously, digital doesn't really. I mean, there's not really a a, a 
com- comparison where you push play on a touch screen and then right, the right, music plays. Right. It's not the same thing as taking taking the sleeve out of a, a cover and then the, the vinyl out of the sleeve and then placing that on the platter and moving the, the needle over. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you need to look at a turntable. Uh, although those have come back. I mean, yeah, I, surely everyone knows. One of those technologies I used to joke about, ask your parents, but now – a lot of people know about it. Four hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars. All right. Well, let's 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 up the ante. Okay. Four hundred fifty-five thousand dollars. That's that's chicken feed. Yeah, a few farthings. So so the next one's going to be a television. Okay. I'm telling you straight out, the name of the television is the Stuart Hughes Prestige HD Supreme Rose Edition. What? What is that like a bad Google translation? Stuart Hughes would be the company. The Prestige <laughs> HD Supreme Rose Edition is the name of the television. Okay. So it costs $2.25 million. What? It's a TV that costs $2.25 million. We might as well just get the element <laughs> at that point. That has two TVs in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, true. Okay, so what do we get? Sell me on this. All right, it's a 55-inch television. So it's not even, not even, <laughs> it's not even ridiculously huge, right? <laughs> right. Like you were expecting it, oh, it's going to be like a 173-inch TV. Yeah, no, no it would be a wall of a house. No, it's 55-inch television. Oh, okay. Um, it's got 28 kilograms of 18-karat gold in the frame. And that's, that's, that's primarily, yeah, that 20, Eight kilograms. Wow. That's more than fifty pounds Why? of gold. What is this obsession with putting gold on things that don't need gold? I, I guess it just it means that your TV, even as it becomes obsolete, is still insanely valuable. Oh, that's uh, true. The frame is studded with seventy-two one-carat diamonds. Uh, oh. There are also uh, sunstone and amethysts in that frame. Between the outer frame and the screen, so yeah. imagine you've got like a frame, like a picture frame. Uh-huh. The screen is inset, so this would be almost like the mat of a of a uh, if you were looking at a you know a framed picture. You yeah. know how that has the mat surrounding yeah. it. Well, the mat would be made out of alligator skin that is hand sewn to the frame. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> hand sewn. I'm sorry. It uh, just seems like such a left field idea they're creating the tv at stuart hughes and they say something's 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 missing missing. can you kill an alligator (laughs) Alligator. could that can we do that can we kill an alligator (laughs) um i my own personal opinion yeah i think it's hideous oh really i think it's hideous it sounds a little garish i almost i I wish now i what i really wish i had done and I, i it it it's a regret that i'm going to have to live with I wish I'd printed out pictures of each of these things so I could hand them to you after I explain what it is to get your reaction on those. Uh, but I mean, this is an audio podcast, so there would only be limited value in that anyway. Right. For the, for, for you guys listening, but also that would probably increase the likelihood of me cursing. <laughs> yeah. Trying. We're going to have a lot of bleeps in this episode. Assiduously not to curse. Uh, but the Stuart Hughes Prestige HD, which is Prestige HD is altogether. Oh, uh, okay. Supreme Rose Edition. You go check that out, listeners. and take a look and you tell me if you think it looks beautiful. I said that it looks like the Hearst Castle of televisions. <laughs> and if you've ever been to Hearst Castle, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, William great. Randolph Hearst had way more money than he had taste. Mm-hmm. He just, if he saw something that he liked, he bought it and he put it in a room, whether it went with everything else or not, he would go for Baroque. Okay, that's a terrible <laughs> joke. Um, one of the TVs I was going to mention, but I decided ultimately not to, because if you do a search for most expensive televisions, one of the ones that pops up 
pretty consistently mm. is a Panasonic television that's 152 inches. But I didn't necess- I didn't want to include it in this because I'm specifically talking about consumer technology. Okay, yeah. The Panasonic 152 inch plasma display is really intended for businesses. So for like a big company that wants to have a huge screen on a big wall, that kind of thing. For a conference room or something. Yeah, or, or even just as a prestige thing for the company, whatever. Yeah. You know, but it, it was, or maybe it's a media company and they want to be able to show off the stuff they do. I see. Um, but it's a $500,000 display. But it's 152 inches. It's a plasma display. So I don't really think of that as a consumer product, which is why I didn't have it as a, an official one. And you're not going to get it. No, but here's here's an actual TV that you can buy as a consumer. Okay. Um it is one of the most expensive consumer televisions out there that is not bedecked with jewels. I'm, is, I'm okay, I'm back in. It is the Samsung UN105S9B. That's the way TVs are these days. What a sexy name. The original MSRP for this was $260,000. More than a quarter of a million dollars for this television. When it, when it premiered? When it, when it first when, came out. Right now though, if you go to Samsung's page, oh, yeah. act quickly, uh-huh. because it now lists the suggested retail at $149,999.99, but you can scoop it up for a mere $119,999.99. So, so just, under $120,000. Oh, we're back in the game. Saving 30000 right there. And by saving that 30000 yeah. you can go and then buy that Virtu red gold phone. And, like, <laughs> and we can go, we'll have to take our TV with us to the exclusive party. Yes, exactly. Just say, look, I, you know I'm rich because I also have this monstrosity. Uh, it's a 105-inch television, so okay. this one is significantly larger. Right. It's 4K Ultra HD. Uh, it's a smart TV with built-in Wi-Fi, and this is the one that is a bendable screen where you you oh. push a button and the and the screen bends inward; it curves inward. That's really cool. Though. Yeah, that, it's pretty nifty. That explains to me some of the appeal, right? And then I I have a question too. Cause sure, I, I was wondering about this, and I'm glad you went to TVs. Um, this is something a lot of listeners are probably wondering as well. Yeah, is there also a diminishing return with? Um, you know, 4K with the the quality of video. That's an excellent question. I would argue yes. However, it's dependent on a couple of different things. Okay. The size of the screen, because the larger you go, the higher the resolution you need in order to not have that quality degrade. I see. Right. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So if I have a if I have a 40 inch TV and it's at 720, that might look great to me, and I might think, all right, well, I'm going to go to a much larger TV. Let's go. I'm going up to 60 inch television. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I want to have uh, a 2K or 4K screen, probably a 4K screen because 2K really didn't go anywhere. But a 4K okay. screen, you would be able to tell the difference because it's sharper and it's bigger. And if you're, especially if you don't change how far away you're sitting from the screen, mm-hmm. like if you're sitting just as far away from your 60 inch as you were your 40 inch, then uh, you know, the bigger it gets, the more likely you're going to detect any sort of problems with quality. Uh, but that being said, if you are looking at like, or at least for me, I have found at CES where you would presumably tune these televisions to be uh, high performing, mm-hmm. you know, so that you really attract people. I have looked at HD TVs next to 2K, 4K, 8K sets. And at an equal distance and using equal sizes, it's 
I I can't tell any like I can't really distinguish between them. Like if you had mm-hmm. covered up the labels and didn't tell me which one was which, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be able to identify them. If I got really close, I could because the closer you get, the more you can see what the re- you can tell the how right. how good the resolution is. Yeah. But uh, again, so it depends on screen size, how close you are sitting, and also just calibrating your TV. Uh, if you if you have someone professionally calibrate your television so that it's going to give you the best experience in whatever environment you are in, uh-huh. it's, that makes a huge difference. Wow, I have not done that. By the I way, I was going to ask, did you mm. have someone come to your house? No, to I did not. Mostly because my the room I'm in, the light changes so dramatically. Oh yeah, because uh, uh, the where my cable hookup is is near a big window, like a floor-to-ceiling window. Mm. And even with window treatment on that, some you know, a lot of sunlight will come through sure. in the daytime. And at night, it's totally different. So uh, it would be hard to calibrate it in a way that would be satisfying for both experiences. So I just kind of mediocre it. <laughs> no, I, hopefully this, uh, this amazing piece of television technology will calibrate itself or have someone that I almost said someone that comes with it. Yeah, like, someone who installs it for like you. You open up the box and some, some poor person is just like, crun- you know, hunched over inside the box like, all right, I'm ready to calibrate your television. Oh, no. Dobby over yes. here. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And then you give Dobby a sock and he goes off on his way. Um, uh, also it can upscale images. So in other words, you can look at something like HD content and turn mm-hmm. it into ultra HD content. And it just does it by kind of interpreting what the, the, missing pixels would be. Okay. So it's not perfect, right? Upscaling has never been perfect, but it it can be very good. It seems interesting. Yeah. But I don't know if it I frankly I you know what? I'm not swayed. I yeah. don't think I would buy it because it sounds like only the edges of the screen bend. Yes. It it bends in toward you, yeah. Okay. It's not like you can wrap it around a column or something and have like a, a circular television or something. In which case that would be a steal. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. that's not it. All right, okay. well, here's so your next one. Yeah. The Leica M9P edition Hermes Serie Limitée Jean-Louis Dumas, or Dumas, if you prefer. What kind of device do you think that might be? Will you say, will you say the, the whole name again? Leica M9P edition Hermes Serie Limitée Jean-Louis Dumas. Leica... Yeah. Hermes. Leica is spelled, uh, by the way, I may be mispronouncing that. It's L-E-I-C-A. I think you may have stumped me, Jonathan. This one's a tough one. Uh, just Hermes made me want to guess if it was a bag, but it right. it's, it's, no, not. it's not. It's Which not. makes you think of the Saturday Night Live sketches. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm Brecky. Um, uh, okay, I'm just gonna take a. Probably, it's probably Hermes, actually. So I'm so gauche. <laughs> I'll take a. I'll take a shot. Gauche is such a weird word because people who know the word gauche, yeah. are inherently not gauche. Uh, well, you know? I, I like. I like where you're going. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. So sorry. That's just some business for me to try to cold read you. Mm. Um. And I'm not giving anything away. I know it's not working very well. I'm gonna mm-hmm. say a few things and see if you blink. Uh, right. No, you just gonna have to give a guess. All right. Um, is it a laptop? No. Uh, it is a point and shoot camera. I should have known, Leica. I should have known. Yeah, it's a point and shoot camera. It's digital camera, so yeah. it's not not a film camera. 
Uh, and it costs $50,000. Wow. It's a $50,000 point and shoot digital camera. It has calfskin leather that has been hand sewn. Oh my onto gosh. The device. What is it with these people? Um, comes with multiple lenses that are cased in anodized silver. Uh-huh. Uh, it's very, very, I mean, it looks beautiful. It you does? look at, you look at it and you're just like, well, that is a work of art. Okay. But still $50,000 for a point and shoot camera. I'm just glad it doesn't have a bunch of gold on it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it does not have a bunch of gold on it. So However, <laughs> if you want to talk about a bunch of gold, how about the N- Nintendo Wii Supreme, which is covered in 22-karat gold? Why? 2,500 grams of 22-karat gold. Why? The front buttons are made out of diamond. Oh, okay. Oh, that's different. That's crazy. It, it works, right? It yeah, has to work. It does work. Uh, there are only three of them in existence, and it costs two hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety five pounds sterling, which if you oh, if you were okay. to convert to the U.S. dollar is about four hundred sixty five thousand dollars for a Nintendo Wii. Also done by Stuart Hughes, the same company that did the ridiculous the TV. TV. Yeah. So they switch the the alligator skins just for TVs. Yeah, no, there's no alligator skin, which is weird because you know you could have done like Yoshi's Revenge or something and <laughs> right. packaged it in alligator That's skin. Smart. See, yeah. you should be on the team. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing them now going, this we needs something else. Can we kill an alligator? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we just killed the last one. Uh, uh, let's some, melt down some more gold. Someone go to the Alps. Yeah, they're, they're actually um, – they're, they've also done the same sort of thing with other consoles. But apparently, according to their website, this is the most expensive video game console in the world, the Nintendo Wii Supreme. You know what? This, this might date you and I, but do you remember um, – the Neo Geo? Yes, where the actual game cartridges were like several hundred dollars. Yeah, I was so I was so envious of that and my parents let me try to pitch them on getting one and I tried my best to justify how this would be an investment for our family. <laughs> yeah, the, if you don't know the Neo Geo console, so like the original consoles cost, you know, a hundred bucks or more, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what you were looking at. But Neo Geo was way more expensive, and the the individual games were way more expensive. Like the inv- individual games cost more than other video game consoles did at the yeah, time. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and they had, but it, it was the it was almost the same thing we're seeing now in microcosm because it was the exclusivity of it. Yeah, over the actual the actual merit, which makes me want to ask: Is, is that with the with the Wii, it's just the mm-hmm. Wii, right? Yeah. There's no nothing in the specs that's different. No, it can't. It it doesn't like upscale it to HD. It's you know, regular Nintendo Wii. I wonder. It probably wouldn't be possible in this age. But what if there was some exclusive video game content that only came like the most, yeah, the most uh, rarefied uh, elite. DLC. I guess. This actually makes me think. I almost included it for this um, this podcast, but I, I forgot actually. But when the iPhone first came out and the App Store first opened up, do you remember that there was an app where you could buy a jewel for like nine hundred ninety nine dollars or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was just a red. Yeah, it didn't do anything. Yeah, it was just to show that you could blow a thousand bucks on on an app. Oh man, I was, you know, I was wondering if that was going to come up in this podcast. I really, I thought about doing it. I just forgot to add it to the list. Most, these are the things I looked at were really consumer electronics as yeah. opposed to an app that gets added onto an existing product. Yeah, I see. Well, well, this is okay. So far, I'm t- uh, so far right now, mm-hmm. um, 
right now I'm torn. I'm trying to think of what, which of these things I would pick if I could only pick one to have. Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd love to hear what you think about it too at the end. Okay. Yeah. It sounds great. Yeah. At the end, we'll, we'll discuss which of these ridiculous or extravagant or luxurious items we would want for ourselves. That sounds good. All right. So the next one, Mm -hmm. this one, you mentioned laptop. You guessed laptop on the last one. This one is a PC, but a desktop PC. Okay. The Zeus Jupiter. It's a PC that cost $750,000. It's it's a PC. Yeah, it's oh, not even it's, it's not even a, a really strong one, especially compared to today's standards. I suppose it's handmade. Uh, close. It's plated with platinum. But why? It's a PC case that's plated <laughs> with platinum and studded with diamonds. Oh, great! Okay, and, and and light can come through, and the studded diamonds make make constellations on what? the case. So when you turn the computer on and the light comes through, it looks like there's like Orion there, that kind of thing. Oh, that's uh, that's a nifty idea. It's, yeah. Uh, so it has an Intel three gigahertz E six eighty uh sixty eight fifty core two duo CPU. Only two gigabytes of DDR2 memory. What? A terabyte hard drive. Uh, so obviously, if you were to compare this to like a, 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 even a, a lower, uh, upper tier <laughs> yeah. gaming rig, it, the, the, that would blow this thing out of the is water. This, is this older? Yeah. This was originally announced probably around 2009, 2010, something okay. like that. But as far as I can tell, there has not been another computer announced, personal computer, mind you. Announced that is more expensive. Uh, now that's why I wanted to say like these are expensive toys. They may not be the most expensive because honestly, trying to track that down and verify it is really tricky. I, for all of these, I wanted to go to multiple sources to make sure, preferably going to the, the primary source, Mm -hmm. uh, which is where I found out about the Vertu phone because the original one I had on that list was only $10,200. And then I found there was a model that was more expensive than that. Here's one that, uh, that I actually knew about before I did this list. And okay. it's not, it's nowhere near, it's not in the same ballpark as the other stuff we've talked about. Okay. So not thousands of dollars. But did you hear about the game Steel Battalion? Yes. For the Xbox. Uh, I, I may be thinking of a battle mech thing. But... Yes. That's it. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, it was, yeah. it was a mech simulator. You had a, and the reason why it was expensive, by the way, it was, it was $200, which actually today, you look at video games like, say, Rock Band, uh-huh. not that expensive. Right. But if you were to look at Steel Battalion, it was a $200 game for the Xbox. It was the most expensive game for the Xbox. And the reason was it came with this controller that had 40 buttons total. Yeah. So it was like yeah. a, it was like a, a panel that had two joysticks on it, plus a whole bunch of buttons and switches and three pedals. That you would control with your feet. And it was a mech simulation game where you were simulating being the pilot of a mech. And uh, I never got to play it. I never saw it. I, I don't know anyone who had it. I'm so jealous or I'm so envious of the people who have that, though. I wanted to play that so bad. When I heard about it, I thought, well, that sounds really cool. And it also reminded me of uh, I think there was like a virtual reality um video game arcade type experience where you could go and and do mech battles. Oh. Like wow. it was like it was like cool. six on six type mech battles or whatever, but it was, it was a custom made experience where you mm-hmm. went into the you know, you had to actually go to a place and play it. It wasn't like a home game thing. Uh but this was something that made me think this is about as close to that experience as you could have in your own home. Mm-hmm. Uh for comparison, though, the Rock Band 3 complete set, if you wanted to have everything from Rock Band 3, uh-huh. was 
Wow. And that's because you had the game, the drums, two guitars, a microphone, plus the keyboard controller. Uh, yeah. the, the current version of Rock Band, Rock Band 4 that just came out, is less than that. They don't have the keyboard controller anymore. It's still more than $200, but it's not 360 And still, the time when it came out, it was the, the, it set the precedent for yeah. stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to stick with video games. Okay. Talk about, uh, we're going to go up another notch to a very expensive game. All right. Resident Evil 6 Platinum Edition. This was only available in Japan. Okay. Okay. It's more than $360. It's $1,300. For a game. Does that, uh, please tell me the box is not made of platinum. No, but it comes with a leather jacket replica of the uh, character Leon Kennedy's jacket in the game. Really? Yeah. So it, it came with a leather jacket. <laughs> but it, I, won't, I won't spend $1,300 on a leather jacket either. Right. So, <laughs> Like, unless the leather jacket is actually made out of gold. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The, I, I mean, I am overjoyed. Yeah. After all we've been through together, that it is not coated in precious gems or metals. Man, you're going to hate the next one. I don't, just rip off <laughs> yeah. the Band-Aid. Well, well, one other thing I have to mention about the Platinum Edition is that it also came with four phone cases modeled after Resident Evil characters. So, I mean, there's where you make up the value. Oh, right? there you go. All right. So – we're getting to the most expensive video game of all time, although it's only because of the packaging. I don't know this. The Grid 2 Mono Edition. It's a racing game for the PlayStation 3. Okay. It cost 125,000 pounds sterling, which is just under $200,000. Because it came with a supercar. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> the supercar was a custom-made uh, BAC mono, back mono. Really? And uh, had a max speed of 170 miles per hour, and it went 0 to 60 miles per hour in 2.8 seconds. Okay. That, I feel like, is worth it. Yeah, if you're going to drop 193000 bucks on a video game, at least it came with a supercar. Uh, it also included a PS3, just in case you didn't have one. So... <laughs> That was also added, and you got you got custom made racing gear that you could wear. What? Yeah. Uh, this is this is one of my favorites so far. Okay, good. Yeah, because it's, it's not just the game. No, it's 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 a great deal. It's a package deal. Now, uh, now I'm going to kind of uh, move on into okay. because you know we talked a lot about consumer tech with like uh, entertainment and stuff. I sure. wanted to finish out with something a little more down to earth. I thought we'd talk about something like kitchen gadgets, yeah. kitchen kitchen stuff, yeah. kitchen consumer tech. I love kitchen gadgets. Now we know that appliances and major kitchen purchases can be pretty expensive. Sure, yeah. For example, the La Cornu Grand Palais stove range costs a starting price for one is $47,300 for the cooking range. 47,000 just shy of 50 grand for the yeah. range. For the for, yeah. It includes both a gas oven and an electric oven. Uh so this is wide. It's like two of these okay. it's like two regular range stoves like next to each other. Uh, it has a lava rock grill, uh, electric plate stovetop, and it's made by hand. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> from cast iron, steel, and brass with oh, porcelain enamel. Damn it. It looks, it looks very, uh, I mean, it looks very fancy. I wouldn't want, it doesn't appeal to me. It's not my, my style. Uh huh. But, uh, the one that they, that was in the picture was like this, this beautiful color of red with gold, um, embellishment and, uh, like the like the handles for the the range top were gold and that kind of thing, and I thought it was pretty. 
but mm. actually, I guess it was technically brass, not gold. But right. I, I thought it was pretty, but I, 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 it, it wasn't the kind of style that appeals to me. Is it a French company? Yes. Is it? You know, I'm okay. This is just a very, very brief thing. Uh, but a side note: one of my friends, when she was living in New York, mm-hmm. uh, I, she was doing well. And you know, it's not that easy when you move into New York as a young person. To make enough money to live there. Sure. So she tried a couple different jobs, and the job she ended up working at for a very long time was a place that only sold bespoke doorknobs. That was their entire business. That's That blows my mind. And that there could be an entire business around that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Talk about cottage industry. I mean, apparently it worked well, so she would just ride the train to Manhattan every day and <laughs> sell these doorknobs. Or, wow. or project manage, whatever. So it's just strange because this this company, it sounds like they might just be artists and yeah, yeah. They 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 focus on making these sort of luxury high end kitchen uh, appliances, specifically ranges and fifty thousand dollars. Though you could do so much other stuff. Well, how about a forty one thousand dollar refrigerator? <laughs> I'm I'm okay. This is a different company though. Is the Menengini Aradamanti refrigerator? Actually, I guess it's Aradaminti. Aradaminti. What? What is okay? I'll buy. It. What does it do? It it keeps food cold. It's a refrigerator. Is it? I'm leaving. Uh, I'm done. It actually looks like an armoire. It doesn't look like a refrigerator. <laughs> it looks like a big piece of furniture. It uh-huh. looks like an armoire, uh, and it has three three um, doors and a couple of porthole cabinet type things. So okay. there's actually a pantry, a refrigerator, an icebox, uh, all incorporated in this thing. So when you look at it, it looks like you know you know like uh, cabinets that have the kind of slatted doors. Yeah. Okay. It looks like one of those, except when you open it, it's a refrigerator inside as opposed to closet or wardrobe or something. Okay. Um, but it definitely looks more like a piece of furniture than your typical refrigerator does. And obviously this was more uh, about creating a sense of style for someone's luxury home. Sure. For someone who doesn't – who wants to look as though they are above the common – For someone who I think <laughs> I can almost certainly guarantee you has never cooked a darn thing in their lives. <laughs> Possibly. They have yeah. people to do that for them. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or how about the uh, Hamaker double espresso machine? That's only eight thousand dollars. Eight thousand yeah. dollars. Okay, so why? This is the thing that I've noticed. Yeah. Uh, there, and this goes back. I, I, it's strange that there's a common theme here. Yeah. About comparative happiness or perception. Yeah. Because. I didn't know that there's this niche of incredibly expensive espresso machines. Yeah, I um it's funny, well, just incredibly expensive anything, right? Like you'll find versions of stuff that the price is 10 times or more what you would find in the the general consumer version of that thing. Mm-hmm. And often like you start looking at it and you think, "All right, what sort of stuff sets this apart from the consumer version, like the the regular consumer version where you would go to like a Best Buy to mm-hmm. go and purchase this or you buy it off online off Amazon or something. Uh, often it's the handmade part that tends to be one thing that make because it becomes this thing that's made by artists as opposed to made by a machine. And there's okay. there's a definite definite perceived value in that. Yeah, that someone that. someone dedicated their time and uh, skill into creating this thing. Um whether or not that makes it valuable to you is another question, but it 
shows that there was care given to the creation of whatever mm. it was. Um, and I think, I think again, status is a big deal. I don't think that most of the things we're talking about here are working at a level, uh, noticeably higher than what you would get in the normal consumer market. Like their objective performance is not superior. Exactly. I would say some of them may be, you know, some of them you're talking about stuff where it's on the cutting edge of technology. Sure. Right. Sure. Uh, like the supercar. Gonna go faster than your general car does. Sure, yeah. Uh, though you can buy one of those separately without the game for significantly less. Well, yeah, I mean like twenty thousand dollars less. That's significant. See, the uh, thing is, you go for the that's used a, ones. That's a Vertu phone right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so this espresso machine in particular is topped with a copper dome on top of which perches a brass eagle, uh, and it includes the, this one. Okay, I I love coffee. Yes. All right. I, yeah. I'm not an espresso snob. I don't like, I'm not a big espresso fan, but I do like coffee. Mm-hmm. But there's certain things in this that really appeal to me as a tech nerd and as someone who likes coffee. Okay. It has a microprocessor in it that controls exactly how much water is allowed to flow through the grind. Oh, so you can, you can okay. tailor make the strength of your espresso through a touchpad to exactly what you want and it controls it to the drop. So that sort of precision now you can argue that making coffee is not like precise chemistry, right? It's not because uh-huh. the the quality of the bean is going to change, change. over, you know, and, and how old the bean is mm-hmm. that's going to affect it as well. So it's not like a chemistry uh, experiment where you're going to get the exact same result every time assuming that you follow the the right protocols. Right, yeah. But I like the idea that you can at least have the illusion of control in your life. <laughs> I need that, Ben. I need the illusion of control. I hope, I hope that's their motto. Yeah. The illusion of control. Uh, also, it's, it's a little hefty. It weighs 183 pounds. So then I wonder, so this is really for, I guess these people would be prosumers at this point. Yeah. It, it actually said, well, it's funny because it's, it's really designed to make like high volume amount of espresso. So you would imagine that you would see this more in like a high end coffee mm-hmm, shop, mm-hmm. like a, a boutique coffee shop type place. But as I was looking at it, cause it was talking about it could make, you know, I forget how many cups of espresso within a couple of minutes. It was, it was crazy. It was a, a lot, uh, more than any human would need to drink. Uh-huh. Uh, but it said it also could do, uh, uh, one cup serving deals like the little um pods yeah like an espresso okay. pod so yeah. with so that scales yeah with that you'd say well i guess if you if you really wanted this you could get it but I, I almost didn't include it because i thought it was a little closer to prosumer than consumer uh-huh but uh but you know as a coffee lover i had to add I something just, in you know i remember somebody talking about this this art of coffee tasting yeah and, and i had a just a, a stranger when I was out on um, on Thursdays, I go to the bar across the street from here and do the crossword. Yeah, because I'm living on the edge. Yeah, and there was some guy who was an expert in coffee, and he was telling me about how um, how difficult it is to control those variables. Mm-hmm. And I I re- I think there's a market for you know, an eight thousand dollar espresso. Machine. We had um we we here at How Stuff Works that one time had a guy from Batdorf and Bronson. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. came in and did a whole thing on coffee tasting as well. Uh, that's a local roaster here in Atlanta that makes crazy good coffee. Um, final item on the list. Oh man, okay. Uh, not not huge. I didn't right. I didn't want to do like the build up to the biggest biggest biggest. This is actually comparative. Comparatively speaking to most of the things, modestly expensive. 
Okay. The Blendtec Stealth Blender. This is one of the latest blenders on the market. Okay. It does not have any like platinum case or diamonds oh, or gold. Great. None Good. of that. None great. of that stuff. So, it, based upon its design and performance alone, it is priced at two thousand three hundred thirty dollars for a blender. Does the sound of a blender bother someone that much? It, it in fact does have the sound control enclosure so that you don't hear the blender. Sound control enclosure. Yeah, yeah. It's actually called a sound enclosure. Is what they call wow. it. The sound enclosure it has a fifteen amp motor, touchpad controls. And it has a USB port, so you can upload or download up to 36 custom blend cycles. So if you want to make something by first like going super fast and then slowing yeah. down or whatever, you can you can you can tinker to your heart's content. That just seems so unnecessary. It seems like it would take more time to do that than to just hit a button for a second, and then hit and a different yeah, button. Yeah, it seems like it would. You wouldn't really see any results from that for the first well, five years. Then if, if you, if you make enough money where a $2,330 blender seems like a prudent mm-hmm. expense, mm-hmm. you don't have time to push buttons. You know what? This should be my opening to ask for a raise. <laughs> I should go, guys, we spend a lot of time pushing buttons. <laughs> yeah. Or you, or you go and say, listen, I can't even afford to buy a blender. Hey. You don't you, ju- you don't say which blender. Hey, <laughs> <you go>. <laughs> <laughs> I, then, all I want is a watch. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have my eye on this one watch. <laughs> I mean, it's not even that that it's not even that modern like, you know, it's Yeah. Uh it's so yeah. Used, in fact. What's funny is when I started looking at this, I also yeah. looked at things like the most expensive smartwatch on there, which is nothing. It's like 600 bucks, 700 bucks, something wow. like that. When, when after you've been looking at, at antique watches mm-hmm. or luxury watches that have super rare materials worked into them, a lot of the electronics just doesn't even come close to the same expense because, strange. well, it's, I mean, you think, figure it, you're like, well, the, unless you've got something crazy going on inside, those electronics are going to be very much the same from device to device. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that's not going to dictate how expensive your your gadget can be. You have to look at other things like the actual material it's made from. Right, yeah. And it's an interesting thing, too, because although clearly I'm not on board with this put gold on everything yeah. movement, uh, I understand that in some parts of the world that's very, very popular just because of the intrinsic value of the material. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've covered everything. That was on my list. Obviously, there's tons more we could talk about. Oh, man. But it would go on so long. I, I'm having trouble picking one. Yeah, you got to pick one. That was your idea. I know. Man, I'm cursing past It ben. also doesn't help but you as much because you haven't seen pictures of these things. Uh, maybe one or two you might have right, seen pictures yeah, of in the past. Other but ones. Um, is the element ugly? That's my first question on the outside. The element Palazzo? Yeah. Um, I'm not crazy about it, <laughs> but... Uh, you guys, I'm watching Jonathan across the table trying to be fair. Well, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to pull up an image of it. One thing is that whenever I see images of this thing, they all look like artist renderings. I don't think I've ever seen an actual picture of the thing itself. Yeah. Um, but here, I'll, I'll, I'll turn this around. It looks kind of what a little weird and futuristic, right? Yeah. It, yeah. No. Oh man, that's. Um, yeah, I. Uh, uh, and kinda... like I said, I've only seen artist renderings or, or like uh, like these little CGI computer graphics 
style things. It looks like um, a ride at Epcot. Oh, there we go. That, that yeah, looks more wow, like. that's um, wow. No. If you want to look this up, by the way, folks, uh, in order to do it, you need to know how it's spelled, right? Because it's it's spelled in a jerk way. Uh, <laughs> element is spelled with two M's. It's E L E M M E N T, and then Palazzo, P A L A Z Z O. Um, yeah, I I don't find the design to be that appealing. But if if that's if yeah. it meets your desire for the uh, RV of your dreams, that's I fine. Know. I just i i need to i i need to have. I basically, I, I want the idea of a house without the commitment right. of a house. Right. <laughs> um, also, if you know, if the popo right. are interested in you, you can pick up and move to a different jurisdiction. That's true, yeah. and and blend in seamlessly. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. No. I'm torn. Um, <laughs> you know what? I know what I'm leaning toward, but go ahead. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna double down. I will take the element. Okay. All right. All so right. three point one million dollars. Uh, we will charge you on your way out. Okay. Um, I you know I've reached a point in my life where I don't really want to acquire more things necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the idea of buying more stuff doesn't have a lot of appeal to me. In fact, my wife and I, we tend to save our money for experiences, like a trip to someplace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or we'll, we did something that was fantastic. We rented a, a, a small cabin, modest cabin, not super expensive, that was multiple bedrooms and invited some of our friends to just hang out for a weekend in the Georgia woods. Oh, that's cool. And it was great. Like yeah. I was like, this is what I want to spend my money on are these kind of experiences because mm-hmm. stuff doesn't really bring me joy anymore. Uh, I reach, I just reached the point where I'm like, well, where am I going to put it? But if I had a house mm-hmm. that could accommodate it, I have to admit that the, uh, the refrigerator I mentioned is, Pretty nifty. Like I, I like that the design actually did appeal to me. Yeah. So um, that one would be the one that I would probably go with. Uh, it's not like it's, um, it's not like it's it's uh, uh, super like jaw droppingly fancy, but um, I like it. So I'm going to show you a picture here. And that part of it too is yeah. Let me. That's see. what the outside looks like. So oh, see, that's, it looks kind of like an armoire. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's the outside. Let me show you what it looks like when it's all opened okay. up. Oh, you're excited about this? Yeah. Well, because I think it's pretty. <laughs> uh, like, oh, whoa. Yeah, it's okay. pretty, right? I just got a sense of scale there too. Yeah, it's huge. Wow, that's fantastic. It's, it's like much a transformer. larger. Yeah, it's 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 like it, folks, since you can't see uh, for this one, if you want to look it up, let me spell it out for you. The Meningini. Is M E N E G H I N I, and the Eredamenti is A R R E D A M E N T I. Look that up. It's about the width of like three regular refrigerators next to each other, um, and the doors open outward, uh, and you've got you know it, it's just it's gorgeous. It looks very nice, and that's something that appeals to me on a level where I'd say, all right. I could go in for that if I had crazy amounts of money and a house that could hold it. My house is not of a size where that that would not fit anywhere in my house. <laughs> so, I know. I was just thinking. I don't know. When we go on a road trip, I'm not sure if it'll fit in the element. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might just have to strap it to the rooftop deck. <laughs> All class. That's what our vanity license plate will say. Yeah, so this was a lot of fun. I mean, it was one of those things where I just thought, let's do something kind of silly for the upcoming mm-hmm. holiday season and, and look at – uh, some of the some of the excess that you can find in consumer electronics, 
I wish that people, more people could go to CES mm-hmm. to see the ridiculous stuff. Yeah, you see a lot of um, weird stuff each year. Yeah, and, and that's the stuff that's fun to either make fun of or mm-hmm. to just, you know, kind of gawk at or whatever. But it's, it's one of those deals where you're going to see a lot of stuff that's all going to kind of blend together, right? Mm-hmm. Like lots of, lots of legitimately gorgeous electronics, but they, there's tons of them, like mm-hmm. tons of TVs, tons of stereo systems, that kind of stuff. It's when you come across something really unusual that you realize, well, this is special. It may not be something that appeals to me directly, but it's different enough. And maybe it's crazy expensive, which mm-hmm. is always fun. So uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. When are you getting the fridge? Yeah. <laughs> well, when when you and I are on that li- Forbes list of be- highest paid YouTubers, then yeah. maybe at that point I'll start looking around. Oh, in the meantime, can uh, I just want to make a suggestion? Yeah, and I want to talk over you, but uh, listeners, as always, uh, thanks thanks for uh, having uh, me over as well. I just want you guys to know, no pressure. I think I can speak for uh, for both of us here, Jonathan. Um, if you have a used copy of Steel Battalion, yeah, <laughs> and you would like our mailing address, we will give it to you. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't I that mean, be cool. We'd have to track down an Xbox, but apart from that, I'd be totally down with it. Like, I don't have my Xbox anymore. Yeah, I, I got rid of that. I've got the 360 and I've got the Xbox One, but I don't have the original anymore. I don't either we should have held on to those. Yeah, but who... we we had one for the office. I have no idea where that one went. I think someone took it. Honestly. Probably. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> our office before we moved to where we are now. We had a, a an area called Area 51 in the office, yeah. and that's where all of our uh, games and goodies and toys and stuff were. Uh-huh. Here's the thing, folks. Peek behind the curtain. It was – there was like a 99.9% chance that you would not see anyone from the editorial side of the business in that room unless there was a meeting. Exactly. The sales and marketing people, however <laughs> – Broke that foosball table at least twice. <laughs> I always felt like that kind of thing was a trap. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, this is here for you. And then if you actually went in, they'd be like, all right, let's just uh, did not meet expectations <laughs> on the employee <laughs> right. review. Oh, man, that that was cool, though. But, yeah, seriously, if you're not using Steel Battalion, it's been one of – I'm so glad you said it. It's been one of my childhood dreams to play that game. I would love to hear from our listeners if, if any of you have played that game, if you owned it, what your what your uh, perspective was on it. Was it a good game? Was it was it worth the $200? Uh, I would argue that if you have really fun groups of friends, that something like Rock Band is certainly worth the money because of the experience you have, the shared experience you have with your friends playing together. Yeah, yeah. Like there's – there's something really compelling about that. And uh, I don't have people over at my house, so I have never uh, – I've gone to other places where they've had it. And I've had fun playing Rock Band. But since I never have anyone over at my house, I've never bought it. <laughs> I just love how you made your house sound like the Forbidden City or something. Don't come to my house. <laughs> I've, got an, I've got a story I'll tell you when we're off the air. All right. So thank you, Ben, for coming on to the show. I appreciate you being the guinea pig and and suffering through this. Listeners, if there's any particular extravagant tech that you ever saw that you think is interesting and merits mentioning on a list like this, write in and tell me because I'll do a follow-up and I'll I'll talk about some of the other things that you guys are aware of that I, I did not cover. Or if there's anything specific you would like me to cover in future episodes of Tech Stuff or guests or interviews, anything like that, let me know. Send me an email. This is the email address you can send it to, techstuff at howstuffworks.com. 
or drop me a line on Facebook or Twitter or Tumblr. I use text stuff, HSW at all three, and I'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 